I'm back with Jerry, and now we are going to talk about the top things to do to prepare to ask. When I mentioned it to Jerry, he said he has 14, and we're going to make all 14 available to you. Uh, we're going to pick the top few, and we've been debating back and forth between three or four. We'll see how many we're going to cover. Jerry, what's the first one? First of all, there's a difference between someone you've been calling on and someone you're calling on for the first time. If it's the first time, do you have all the information you need about the person? And I have a personal bias that I go into so many offices where the development officer says, I can't make the call yet because I don't have enough information. And I say, get on the call, ask questions. You will be able to find out everything you need on the call. In the first 15 or 20 minutes, I find out everything I need. One of the most important questions I need to know is, what is the most I've ever given to? Because I find a lot of people with high net worth who haven't learned philanthropy. And so if they don't have philanthropic intent, you're not going to get a large gift. So I do probe that. Do I have all the information I need? I want to know what are the donor's expectations for this meeting? And what objections might I get? And if I get them, how do I respond? At every meeting, I like to have a power question. And by that, a question that really will stretch my donor. Let me tell you about Tom Monahan. We're having dinner in Naples, Florida. And I'm thinking, what can I ask Tom that will stretch him? And I say, Tom, what's the greatest achievement in your life? Now, that's a power question, isn't it? So before you call on someone, think about a power question. Well, I thought he would say, I started in a kitchen that was 10 feet by 15 feet, and it ended up 8,000 uh, pizza parlors. That's uh, Domino's pizzas. But that wasn't it. Or I thought maybe the greatest achievement, he sold it for a billion dollars. But that wasn't it. Or owned, that he owned the Detroit Tigers when they won the World Series. And that wasn't it. Or that he founded two universities. That wasn't it. Tom, what's the greatest achievement in your life? He put his fork down. He leaned toward me. And he said, the day I was accepted in the Marines, I thought, wow. Well, that led, as you can imagine, to another 60 minutes on integrity, citizenship, flag, values, country. It was wonderful. Well, think of a power question you can ask. What's the most fulfilling gift you've ever made? Think of a, one that you're going to hold back 
And what will my donor's reaction be to the visit? And I like to think about that. And I like to think about what do I need to take on this visit? Well, Brian, what I do, and I still do it, I have this list. I fill out the list every time I make a visit. Now, I, I've been doing this a long time, so I wouldn't normally need to fill it out, but I do. I am ashamed to tell you that when I first started out, I never thought about how it would go or what I would say. I guess I thought the Holy Spirit would descend on me and I would know exactly what to do, but I wasn't having success. And now I know when I fill out my list, I, I know everything there is to know. And I like to think, how will I close the meeting? How will I infuse this meeting with excitement, with the probable donor feeling that they really have to act, that they have to do something? What can I say that will make that happen? Can I go back to something you said earlier? Because I think this is something that trips people up. The challenge with people they've never met before. I think once people have met donors and, and get to know them, the comfort level increases, they get more information. That first meeting really challenges many donors. And to your earlier point, keeps some of them from actually heading out. Right? Instead, they keep looking for more information and for that golden moment when they'll think they're prepared. So sounds like you're saying you need to just take a leap and right. do it. Generally, you can count on if you get the appointment, you get the gift. It's harder to get the appointment than it is to get the gift. When I talk to people about their giving, I always ask, how hard is it to get an appointment with you? And there are some who say, well, I'm willing to see anyone who will call on me. So how do you convince them to make a gift? Some people just don't mind saying no. Yes, and we'll definitely have a separate discussion on that whole topic because that's worthy of one. Well, there are two. One, how you get the meeting, and odds of getting the meeting and two, what happens when you struggle to get yeah. the gift even when you've had the meeting. So we're, we'll come back to those. The important thing, Brian, is that at that first meeting, think of the questions yes. you want to ask to start with that will open the person's heart and wallet. Yes. And it's interesting that you said in the early days you didn't prepare in the same way. Exactly. I was the same. For years I didn't as methodically and as I got older I started writing down more of these questions for me I write down the questions that I need to ask at the very beginning of the meeting the more personal chatty ones that get the conversation going because I'm an introvert and I find the first few minutes of the meeting difficult yeah. and I find if I write down those questions in advance it's easier to recall them 
at the top of the meeting no. while I'm getting comfortable. Not no. that I don't look for the power question, and I love that phrase, what's the power question. But I, I, I definitely focus on the beginning of the meeting to make sure I'm not going to have any awkward moments and no. I have enough to discuss while we're settling in. Brian, you said something that's so important. You said that you are an introvert. And I find some people who say, well, I'm an introvert, I can't ask for a gift. But I think most people want to be called on by those who are introverts, who aren't backslappers and dazzling presenters. They want to meet someone who will tell the story. And being an introvert is absolutely no excuse for not being a very effective fundraiser. Yes. And let, we should also be clear that being an extrovert doesn't mean you have to be a backslapper, too. For those who are of a certain age, they'll remember John Candy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and other really big characters. And those are extroverts, perhaps, but there are many extroverts who wouldn't be grandstanders either, but just are a little more comfortable and, sure. in, in terms of where they derive their energy. Sure, and how they, sure. So there's this whole spectrum, but yes, um, even the quietest people, and maybe mostly the quietest people, can be great fundraisers. Is there one other item well, on the top list for preparing? I would say make a decision about what you want to take with you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take a video? Do you want to take brochures? Or is there anything you want to send in advance? Mm -hmm. I don't like working from a brochure. And I tell my solicitors I coach, don't use the brochure, tell the story. Sell the dream, the magic. And then later you can go over the brochure. If you sell something, send something in advance. I send a note with it and say, Brian, I'm so looking forward to being with you next week on Thursday. And I'd say where we're going to meet and the time just to confirm it. I'm sending this to you and hoping you can read it in advance because it says a lot about what we're going to talk about. And by the way, and this is great technique, by the way, this is still in draft form and I'm sending a red pen with it. I'd like you to read it and mark it up. And... Everyone wants to be an editor, and everybody marks them, and it gives them permission to read. Yes. Can I ask you a question about that? Maybe we'll close with that. What happens if you don't want to take the recommendations? Do you? Because well, I often say don't ask for advice unless you're ready sure. to take it. What do you do with all those red lines? I had a great one. It was the... Uh, Freshman English teacher, now re no longer teaching, she married oil. <laughs> and we were thinking of a $10 million gift for Baylor. And by the way, I keep talking millions. This is the same for $10,000, 5000 1000 And I saw my material on her coffee table. And it was all marked in red. And it looked like a map of New Jersey. <laughs> and I said, I see you've marked up my material. She said, well, I tell you, it was pretty bad. 
I love Baylor so much, though, that I gave you a passing grade. I said, you gave me a grade? <laughs> she said, well, it was a D minus. <laughs> and uh, so we went over that. And some of her recommendations were really good. I said, now look, this is pretty far along, but I'm going to try to get some of your recommendations in. I probably won't get them all, but this has really been helpful. Great story, great way to end this session. Thanks so much.